0: Welcome to Oddcast. Oddcast. You're listening to Oddcast. Jay Mellon here for ArtCast. Today we're going to hike through daydreams of biomorphic surprise and the sublime effect of scale. The art of Brooke Mullins Doherty. Today on ArtCast. We are here with Brooke Mullins Doherty. New Bedford-based artist. Um, welcome to iCast, Brooke.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Um, let's see. I hate to cut right into the questions, but I guess that's why we're here. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Tough question number one. Um, now, I I tend to think of your work as being pretty organic in a way, and it'd be interesting to hear how, whether or not you, when beginning your work, do you sort of have... Um, what I tend to call like a, a blueprint or like so, sort of a, a sketch involved in the beginning stages, or does it grow a little bit more uh, from a small step to a to a, like consecutive steps? Or
1: um, both of those things, depending on the work I'm doing. Uh, in the past, overall, most of my work has come from a place of I think I know where I want to go, I have sketches, and that gives me a place to start the work. But then usually once I've started it, at some point in the process, I end up responding to a completely different set of criteria based on what I did rather than what I thought I was going to do. And it often ends up becoming different work entirely. But lately I've been working on, uh, I've been doing a couple of commissions and because they're for people who kind of have the expectation that it will end up looking somewhat like the work oh, i was <laughs> that's been kind of a different process for me. I, I think I can do it now, um, adhere to my plans a little bit more because I guess at this point I have a bit more expectation of where my what my process is going to lead to. Um, but this is a different way of making than I've been used to in the past. And I don't know that it's always... I, so yeah, so I suppose it's a bit of both um, to answer your question.
0: Cool, yeah. And um, do you think it's... Uh, with? I guess with, like, you brought up commission work, uh, so you you really have a little bit more of a concrete sort of um, a stopping point or an ending point or a goal, so to speak, or
1: yeah, usually the ones i 've been working on generally there's a certain amount of space there's a certain room or place oh, that I know okay. i 'm going to be working with, and so i I kind of have to take into account. Um, some of the limitations of that space, like a lot of my work hangs from the ceiling. And so I have to find out what I can hang from. And this seems like something that shouldn't even matter, but there's a lot of ceilings that aren't actually wood. And so I can't put hooks in them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so I have
1: to wow. you know, notice what else is hanging from the ceiling. And so sometimes the idea of what I'm going to make comes from what I think I'm able to do in a given space. And then from there, I kind of end up with a set of sketches that the work doesn't exactly follow. I mean none of it ends up being one hundred percent what I sketched. I, I don't really have an engineer's mentality for that sort of thing, um, but I think there's a little bit more resemblance of the finished work to the sketches than there have has been at some other points in my artistic life
0: huh that's, that's interesting you say that because I um, from uh, an observer uh, who has only seen limited work uh, you know in front of me and mainly through the website, it really seems that the work um doesn't really uh the 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 um the limitations as, as as far as the setting that the the work ends up in doesn't seem to affect it and 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 hinder um like they seem very natural uh if that makes any sense.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that you don't get the sense that they... They're not well, constricted, you know? I want the feel as though that that's what had to be in that space. Um, I don't think the limitations are necessarily limiting ideas I have, but Andrea Zittel, uh, the um, sculptor, says that she thinks that sometimes limitations make uh, give us more freedom and make us more creative in other respects. And I think sometimes that's true. If, if yeah. you have something to start, it's a little easier to get started.
0: Right, yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's that's great that you... Um, I'm glad you ins- inserted an artist quote there because that was going to be one of my questions. <laughs>
1: and that wasn't even the quote I was going to give you. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, how
0: I'm about saying. that? Um, okay, well, that's. Um, let's move on a little bit and say... Uh, what. Let me ask you what feeds your work more, um, if you can uh, sort of single out a... Uh, is it in other art forms, your own work, uh, something like uh, Dreams or... Or just everyday life?
1: I think, really, I mean, this is kind of a funny thing to say, but daydreams, honestly, fuel, I think, a greater part of my work than anything else. I have the most... I'm an only child, and I've always been used to spending a lot of time by myself, and a lot of this time is just spent in just pure hedonistic daydreaming. I just love thinking about possibilities and imagining my i don't know that little kid thing of imagining yourself living on the ceiling and stuff like that oh wow uh, yeah i yeah. Really lost that <laughs> and <laughs> I, so i think i'm drawn to i mean when i'm working i daydream about what i'm doing a lot and i daydream about where it might go and i mean so i guess it's many parts i think that would be the primary primary inspiration but i, I a lot of inspiration comes from nature as well like i was yeah. I'm not taking a lot of hikes right now, but it's something I was doing for a little while. And then I would have, you know, have dreams about the hikes later and happening upon, you know, like these cool fiddlehead ferns that had all just erupted.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. uh, You excited me when you said fiddleheads because I I just, oddly enough, only just knew they existed. Probably learned that in the last like two years. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Yeah like you can easily overlook them because they're so low, but they're amazing. They're perfect little spirals that come out of the ground. Yeah. That's
0: something. Um, uh, let's see. Well, well the idea, I mean, just already you're, you're getting my mind going and I think about how it seems that your work tends to meet the, the daydream world, so to speak, like, and the sort of natural, uh, inspiration in the middle, like quite nicely. Um, you know, be it with color and form and, um, you know, those, those types of things. So that's, uh, interesting so far. Um, let's see. Um, I w I guess now, uh, let me think, uh, what would you do, uh, or what do you do when you tend to get stuck or run into a creative block? Gosh,
1: I guess there are so many different ways that can happen. Sometimes it's important just to take time away from the studio. I know that's not what I'm supposed to say there, but I think it's true. (laughs) Sometimes you just need like a mental refresher. You must Um, be focused. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, to some degree. But at the point when I'm not really doing anything there and just being there isn't helpful, you know, sometimes it's, I like to just come home and read a book for a week and try it again. I actually haven't, lately, it's been more of a problem of too many ideas and not enough time to execute them rather than in the reverse, which I suppose I should feel grateful for. But I mean, I think that with art, I don't feel that artist block is at all as bad as writer's block, which when I mean, I used to do a lot more writing and I found facing a blank page so much more of a problem than any sort of artist block I've ever I guess I don't I think that because of the way I work where one thing informs the next. And I also save bits of previous work. So I always have something in progress that I can return to if I'm stumped with something I'm currently working on. Sometimes I might work on six or seven things at a time. So more often yeah. than not, I just move to something else. And I, I, I usually, I luckily, <laughs> I've never, I haven't in, in a, the longest time I can remember had a block that affected every single area of my work rather than just one thing or another. So that's probably pretty fortunate.
0: Yeah. It sounds, sounds, uh, sounds good. I mean, you, you know, like you said, you can always kind of pick up where you left off on something else.
1: Yeah. And I, I say like sometimes I'll revisit an old piece. Um, that's something I did a lot, especially a couple of years ago. That really informed a lot of work that I wasn't really sure where it was going to go, but I'd have an idea about something I had already made that maybe that could be better or totally different. And that was a way of kind of getting back into the making process.
0: Cool. Um, Uh, Let's see when um, this is sort of uh, I like to call it a romantic relationship question with art. Um, uh, When did you feel that you uh, wanted to become an artist or just when did you start to fall in love with what you knew to be art?
1: Well, that I guess it has, I, I think my whole life in the back of my mind, I mean, I always had other things I thought I was going to do like for money. <laughs> but I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I always knew that at some point in my life, I would become an artist. And that was something that at the end of my life, I would say I had been in college, though, I started off doing philosophy I was completely certain at 18 that I wanted to be a professional philosopher and so I spent four years in college doing that yeah and i was gonna go get my PhD and become you know I was gonna teach philosophy and write books and just be a philosopher and I sort of freaked out my last semester of college and realized that that was not really the path that I that I should be on that you know art was really what I wanted to do regardless of how I was going to make a living or anything like that and I mean it was I was there was a lot more fear involved with where it was going I think at that point than there is now I feel a lot more comfortable with where I'm at and where I'm going now than I did then.
0: That's great it it seems like some people would probably be more fearful starting an art career than they uh, would others. But, I
1: know, and I guess because I had already picked something that was so far out there that my—I yeah. mean, my dad was actually relieved that I was not picking philosophy because he could imagine more jobs for me in art than.
0: Oh, cool! <laughs> I mean, what you're
1: doing philosophy broke. That was <laughs> by
0: design, wasn't it, to get uh, your 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 dad on your side there?
1: <laughs> yeah, I worked out well. He had actually he had wanted to be a musician and ended up becoming an accountant for practical reasons. I mean, he still plays the guitar all the time and writes songs. And he's a really amazing musician, but I think knowing that he wanted that creative life for himself that he didn't end up quite realizing in the same way, he he wanted me to feel free to choose that as an option. And, you know, I mean, both of my parents, I mean, I'm really lucky that both of my parents always encouraged me in my creative endeavors.
0: Right. Now, I guess since we're somewhat on the topic of uh, training of some kind, uh, how how important do you think uh, art training is for, um, say, stepping out there and, and starting an art career?
1: I don't think it's necessary. I mean, there's a lot of examples of people who've managed to, you know, enter the art world without any training at all. But I, I think that it. I, I think that the time in art school is really helpful to help you figure out exactly what it is that you are doing. I know, I mean, even when I decided to be an artist, I, I was pretty sure I was going to be a portrait painter as completely random from my work now as that sounds. And it was, <laughs> it was really kind of just the process of you know, mucking around, trying things in school that, you know, professors asked me to try and then my own responses to those that helped me realize that sculpture, that I'm really more of a three-dimensional person, that the physical process is important to me.
0: Yeah, that's great. And um, I I really uh, like physical process is a good way to put it as far as, you know, not that my humble opinion should should bear too much weight, but uh, especially one of the pieces that you have – I believe it's called Ex- extemporal congress and correct yeah, me the, if
1: the big blue one. yeah
0: yeah um that uh you know I mean they all really speak of you know physical process but that tends to be one of my favorites so far um yeah so I just figured I'd pitch that in there Yeah um, no
1: that was a The first and only time I've worked with some of those materials, and I mean, every bit of it was wrestling with the stuff and not being sure exactly what it was going to do. It was experimental in a way that I don't know if I could have been as experimental with painting. With the way I was approaching painting, I wasn't going to be that experimental.
0: Um, This is one of my uh, favorite questions uh, so far. Um, Can you use three words to describe your work? Now they can be, um, you know, sort of separate from each other. It doesn't have to be a phrase or anything, but you know.
1: Hmm. Okay, this is a good one for me because I'm I'm such a not concise person. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, yeah, I know. I'm forcing you to pick three words, huh? <laughs>
1: well, I guess I'll just give myself the the freedom to just do it off the top of my head. There. I mean, organic, organic, and biomorphic. Somewhere between those two words would definitely be one important feature. Right. Um, I think like gosh i want my work to be sublime i hope that it is in some respects i mean it feels that way to me that's certainly one of the things i'm going for yeah um and i i mean i process based or cyclical i think would be another one
0: huh cyclical um now for explain that for 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 me because i'm um i'm not sure how to approach that word uh, like um, well you say process guess, as in as in uh the the physical making of it kind of thing, or
1: yeah, that on the one hand like the the steps I went through to make it, but I think that really the whole creative process is kind of cyclical now that I'm old enough to understand patterns of making and and yeah. I really like making parallels between the creative process and our own individual life processes and biological life processes and general you know seasonal changes you know, times of coming and going that somehow maybe don't complete a circle, but it's a path that continues, I suppose. And maybe this isn't something that's apparent to other people. Maybe this is not something someone else would say about my work, but I suppose it's something that definitely applies to reasons I do it and what I'm thinking when I do it.
0: um, There's something that I I would like to add, if you don't mind. I I think um, in some way, um, this now this Maybe this is three words that make a phrase. <laughs> okay. But uh, for some reason, what popped into my head was element of surprise. Oh, um, that's
1: great. Yeah.
0: So. And, you know, just looking through the website. And unfortunately, that's how I have access to most of your work because um, just because I'm trapped in this, this this studio house that I have. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I can just imagine, you know, the idea, but uh, just getting the image, the idea behind it. As far as um, I think one of them is surrogate, too, which is the, the which it appears to be a growth on a rock, which, you know, of course, you know, and you do that with some of your work, you you put them in a natural environment. And then there's other ones which, you know, are in an in, in interior space, which which, you know, that houses them. And so there, there's that sort of like the organic or the biomorphic, like you say with architecture and then there's the biomorphic which is imaginative and from a daydream I, I imagine with the natural like rock and, and tree and I don't know it's to me like just journeying through the website alone was the, you know I felt the element of surprise so that was uh, um, I just I guess thank you for that experience.
1: <laughs> well, that No thank you for that feedback that's awesome I well I actually I teach um, sculpture and drawing and a lot of different studio classes and well, that's cool that that's visible, because I talk to my students a lot about taking risks and trying things that are unexpected, because that's really, you know, what is going to give us visual pleasure looking at it later. Right,
0: yeah.
1: You know, yeah. Cool. Surrogate was a title I used for a lot of things for a long time as well. I, I suppose I, would, I, I guess also the idea of trying to bundle up a, a whole variety of experiences and feelings into one thing that <laughs> I guess at some level is going to be unnameable or...
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Impossible to narrow down.
0: As far as titling something.
1: Oh yeah, I hate yeah. titling. I'm the yeah. worst at it. I, I, sometimes, <laughs> like I, I want to retitle things I did in the past, and sometimes I do. Oh yeah. <laughs> if I find something I like, I'll call a whole series of things something based on that same name <laughs> because right. I don't I'm like thinking of new things there. <laughs> My husband helps me with it. I, I hate almost every suggestion he makes, but oh, I like more than mine. And eventually, we find something that I'm okay with.
0: At least that helps you figure out what you don't like.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. My reactions to it sometimes help me center title. I I really wait till the last minute to title anything. Yeah,
0: I think most of us yeah, do. I is. really do. Um, <laughs> and you know, the show when you have a show, that's what forces you to title something.
1: <laughs> it's true. Well, sometimes I'll be doing it the morning I'm printing the labels <laughs> to put up for the show. I'm like, well, time's up. I gotta come up with something. Yeah. I gotta have at least what's on my tongue. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so I guess. Um, Uh, One of my, my next question, I'd be, I'm curious to know who, if uh, one or a few uh, artists that you, maybe it was when you were uh, forming your own ideas that, that really influenced you or, or that still influence you today?
1: Eva Hess is probably the biggest one. I was so much in love with the, you know, her experimentation with materials and, wanting, you know, starting off from a basis of geometry and moving into organic work from a geometrical standpoint. I think I mean she was extremely influential when I started working with fabrics especially and just trying different surface things. Um Louise Bourgeois is another one, you know, I really like the sense of ambiguity about her forms, yeah. whether or not they're supposed to be disturbing or nurturing and um just kind of the tactile qualities uh, Judy Pfaff, Lee Borison, who does um, large-scale ceiling installations that sort of look like clouds, um, oh, okay. or sort of like amazing sunsets that are made out of inflatable things. I'm really interested in that. And Ernesto Neto does some similar large-scale, um, kind of just huge installations that have smell to them and have oh wow. Fabric involved. So those were. I mean, there's a lot of people I look at, and that list. Those are the people that are kind of more constant on the list, which, you know, there's a lot of people I get interested in and then kind of forget about, too.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, come back to it later, possibly or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: Now, uh, this this may or may not um, be something you you prepared for, but I want to ask you, is there any other uh, art quotes that you have uh, floating around in your head that you want to share with us?
1: Um, I was actually, I spent most of the morning looking through old sketchbooks, wondering, you know, knowing that I sort of collect quotes over time. And it was kind of interesting to see that actually most of the words I'd written were were mine. I actually didn't have as many quotes as I thought, but one that I have in my newest sketchbook, um, comes from a book by Patrick Dougherty, no relation to me. The guy who makes large scale, um, sort of looks like natural dwellings or primitive dwelling spaces out of sticks in public spaces. What he's saying is relating more to working with wood, which isn't what I'm doing, you know, clearly, but I like a lot of what he says. So here's the quote. Sometimes when I'm working on a sapling sculpture, repeating the same motion over and over, I'm overtaken by a feeling of serenity and freedom. In those times, I have the long, the longest view. I feel not only the pleasure of my childhood and its building phase, but I sense the presence of the forests of long ago and feel myself to be part of the largest conversation. And I really like that. Yeah, and I think that I must respond to materials in a kind of a similar way to him because I also imagine that I'm connected to something larger when I'm working repetitively.
0: Right. Yeah. The, the idea of repetition—it just kind of—I um, don't want to say it, but you know, just the idea of—and not the connotation that I wanted to have, but the idea of th- like therapeutic or or sort of like uh, almost like like someone that might be chanting or someone that might be. Um, um, like uh, meditating in some way, or meditative, or, or, yeah,
1: definitely. And you know, now that you've said that, and now that I'm thinking about it, the quote, perhaps is one of the reasons I don't have such a problem with art. spot because most of my process isn't incredibly creative; it's repetitive. I don't have to think about what I'm doing. I just have to trust that if I follow the step, I'll get something interesting.
0: Right. And did you say your process? Uh, did you say process your process? Because it broke yeah. up for a second. Okay. So your process is that way. Um, or yeah, definitely. You, you were describing that, yeah. Okay. Um I guess uh I can move into this uh high tech question. Um what what do you think the internet has done to art as far as promotion and say like presence or or um I guess that sort of those two angles.
1: I think we're less depend I think it's a lot more possible for artists to promote themselves now. I I mean I've never I've certainly shown in galleries, but I mean, I've never been represented by one and I feel that I don't, that's not really required anymore in a way that it might've been in the past.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, I don't know HTML, but I still made my own website and I, that's great materials myself. And I feel like it's a lot easier to send stuff out. Um, and it's also easier to find other artists that are inspiring. And, you know, it's, I think it's just a little bit more accessible Um, to everybody you don't have to try very hard to you know you don't have if you don't live if you live somewhere like i'm from oklahoma if you live somewhere where you're not close to a lot of art it's still really accessible to you and i think that's really yeah that's
0: important i i'm finding that now personally because of where you know i live in a small uh small neighboring city uh hardly you know the well it's 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 smaller than new bedford and has less culture but um but yeah i'm finding that the internet is really how i get Most of my experience, exposure to to art now,
1: yeah, which is kind of interesting because it's also, I mean, I I teach art history as well, and one of the things we talk about is how when you look at everything and it's made the same size on the screen, yeah, uh, are clearly parts of the art experience that you don't get looking at it that way. It kind of equates things in size and complexity that might really person the physicality
0: of something. I'm sorry, uh, you, you you. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's okay. No, but, I mean, nonetheless, I think it's still really valuable, and that's not a reason to discount it. It's just kind of an observation about, you know, it's it's not quite as good as seeing everything in person, but since that's not possible, it's yeah. perhaps the next best thing.
0: Right. It's it's a little bit of a virtual experience. And the, the one thing that I um, – sorry, I cut you off there, but when I – I, I beg- you, you got my mind going again because I did spend some time uh, again today on the website, and your drawings – they appear to me that if I if I had to guess the size, they would be probably as as tall as me and as as wide as I am tall. Like you know, so so basically life size. And 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 I, and I was surprised to learn that most of them are eight and a half by eleven, or or eight by twelve, or nine by twelve.
1: Yeah, they're very small. I I think at some point I probably will move into larger ones, but I suppose. You know, doing small I mean, it, it, there's something I do on the couch. There's something I do when I am confined. But yeah, I, I yeah. have, you know, I'm not at my studio, but I want to be doing something physical. And I, I think that if I have ideas for something large, usually it ends up becoming a sculpture instead. Right,
0: right, yeah. It's, it's I just right. meant they—they um, they really had uh, it. It's sort of a—it was sort of a compliment in the way of saying that they had a presence that that led me to believe that they'd be much bigger in person than and then I read underneath the what the size they actually were so so they have a presence, you know, and that that actually kind of, because of the internet experience it led me to think that, you know, so it's not all bad sometimes, which is kind of funny.
1: I think that they, I I mean, it's it's actually kind of interesting too, because I also really like how they look about five times smaller than they really are. And that's something I can see digitally that otherwise I wouldn't have known. Like I've been thinking about printing extremely tiny versions of them and doing something with them. I'm not sure if that's something that'll actually go anywhere, but no, that's, that's awesome that they, they feel, you know, I think that they, I'm interested in the idea of scale as well, that there are so many levels to life that if you go a lot smaller or a lot larger, there's still a lot of similarities. I think that's really pretty amazing and inspirational. Yeah. Like, you can watch like I I had this completely transcendent moment watching a pot of apple cider boil on the stove earlier in the week. There were all these amazing bubbles in it and it was spreading out. I actually burnt stuff because I was so interested in what I was looking at (laughs) rather (laughs) than thinking about the cooking process. Right. (laughs) But it was kind of reminding me of things I could see in a really turbulent sky and I thought that was really exciting.
0: Yeah, I I can see that almost influencing your work in the future. Who knows, huh?
1: I know, right? (laughs) It might. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, those are all the official questions I have for you, but uh, it turned into a nice talk. I want to thank you, Brooke Mullins-Doherty.
1: Oh, thank you very much. This You're has welcome. been enjoyable for me, too. And uh,
0: just before um, I cut off the audio, did uh, you want to mention, or, or I can mention, the, the website that you have is, um, so people can check out the work further, um, com is that correct?
1: Yeah, and I set it up before I was married, so it's just Brooke Mullins, not brookemullinsdoherty.com. And that's yeah. um,
0: and that's Brook with an E, right?
1: Yeah, B R O O K E M U L L I N S dot com.
0: Okay, thank you for for spelling that for me because I forget sometimes. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> Thanks again from ArtCast.
1: <laughs> well, thank you.
0: You're welcome. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you from Oddcast You just listened to Oddcast We want to thank you from all of us here at Oddcast Please come back to Oddcast in the future